Gaming Studios, it's The Rush with Jenny Lehman and Tyler McComas. Rolling left, dumps Nick Anderson to the two, yeah, to the one, diving touchdown! Nick Anderson, and the Sooners are on top in Cincinnati. Canick showing a blitz up the middle, third and ten from the 35, man in motion, Smith, left to right, back to pass, Jones, looks right, steps up in the pocket, nice. can't get away, they've got him, hits a sack, Jonah Laulu. From the one, snap. Keeper Dylan breaks one tackle, reaching for the end zone, trying to get some help, and he's in! Dylan Gabriel, get off of me! Touchdown! From the 26-yard line. Snap, Jones back to pass. Looks left, he takes a shot at the end zone, far sideline, intercepted! Key Lawrence picked it off! From the 20, 32 seconds to go in the third. Gabriel back to pass. He's going to let it fly. Far sideline. Anthony trying to come back for it. He caught it! He caught it! Wow! Andrell Anthony wearing a Bearcat somehow came down with that football at the Cincinnati 29. Here we go. Fourth and two shotgun. Jones back to pass. Looks left under pressure. He throws as he's going down. It's tipped. It's tipped. It's intercepted. (laughs) Billy Bowman. Oski, Oski, deuce. Billy Bowman reels it in. First down. And the Sooners have turned them away again. Final play of the game. Jones back to pass. Three-man rush steps up. He'll wing it across the middle. Almost intercepted. And that'll do it. Kobe McKenzie got his mitts on it. Win column Sooners. Game over. Oklahoma goes on the road and wins their Big 12 opener. Final score today in Cincinnati. Sooners 20 and Bearcats 6. Victory! Oklahoma's not any good. Oklahoma won 20-6. They're 4-0 now, and I saw they're number 16 in the country this uh, right now. They're not good. Like, Cincinnati just choked that away. Emory Jones shouldn't be anywhere near a quarterback position in this level of football. Oklahoma's not good. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Who was that? That was Gus Johnson. No, that's our <laughs> old arch nemesis there, Brandon Walker of uh, Barstool Sports. Uh, Not giving OU any credit. Go figure. They're back. Uh, they see Oklahoma's got a football team, and it's like, hey, how can we steal some attention from the University of Oklahoma? Let's yep. let's dig in here. Let's circle back on this fan base and try and uh, try and get a reaction. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hook, line, and sinker for me. I throw it yeah. in the uh, intro today, but yeah, that's you know w- whatever. That that take is what it is. It's it's pretty crap because um, I do think Oklahoma's got a football team. I, I know they got a defense uh, up to this point, man. Mm-hmm. They got a really yeah. good defense. Yeah, I are we. I'm looking at the AP top 25. It's got us at 14. Are we? Should we be at 14? Are we the 14th best team in the country? Don't know. Don't care. Um, that stuff's going to clear itself out. And you keep winning football games. There'll be no denying it at some point. Um, I. 
what I see is, well, start on defense. I see a team that over the first four games, the first third of the season, has gotten better each and every week. And from the third week to the fourth week, exponentially so. Yeah. And it's clear to see. And it's at all three levels. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But it it ain't close to what we've seen around here in recent years. And there's a there's a bunch of reasons to point at for that. And and we'll get into some of those today, I'm sure. Now, offensively, I think we've got work to do. There's some good stuff going on. There's some stuff that needs work. I don't think there's anything I don't think there's panic-worthy stuff that's going on offensively right now. And I've, I still feel like lying under the surface there, there's potential for some really special stuff. So um, we're not national championship ready right now. Maybe we're not even Big 12 championship ready right now. But I really like the the personality, the feeling of this football team right now. I think they're in a good place. Yeah. Let's, uh, I, I'm going to start with the defense here before we get to the offense. Yeah. And just like on the surface, well, if you. Wait a minute. Well, I, that's already a change right now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Huh? <laughs> We're talking defense in, in front of offense. My, oh, my, how the priorities have flipped. Feels like 2001 is what it feels mm-hmm. like. No, like just if you didn't watch any of the game and you just checked the score, you'd say, oh, wow. Nice. Oh, you kept Cincinnati out of the end zone, only allowed six points. Like, that's, that's a heck of an effort by those guys. And it was. And, you know, surface level, if you just look at it that way, it was a good day by the OU defense. But I think it's even more impressive when you really factor in some things, what happened Saturday. Like, first, our Mason Thomas didn't play. Justin Harrington didn't play. Jaron Cannett got hurt in the middle of the game. Glad that he's okay. But they're not even, you know, at full strength right now. And that's Pearson. still the effort yeah. that, that you get. Pearson, down, Reggie Pearson didn't play, yeah. Down two starters. To start the game, uh, a heavy rotational guy in R. Mason Thomas and a third starter in the second half in in Canick. So, yeah, I mean, that's And the that's second thing and the most important thing for me is, yeah, the defense played well. But I thought the defense played really well despite being put in some really tough situations at times by the offense. I think back to the final two drives offensively, of the first half, where Key Lawrence gets the interception in the end zone, right? Okay. Score stays 10-3. to three. I think there's around three and a half minutes left. And that should have been a drive where maybe you score. That's That would be nice. But you at least take two minutes off, and you don't just give the ball right back to them. Like, Key Lawrence gets that interception with three and a half minutes left in the first half. And I think OU goes four, or maybe they go three and out, back-to-back drives. But... Cincinnati ended up having like two more possessions before we got to halftime. Yeah. And it yeah, just that, felt all day long like, God, if the offense can just score here, then that's going to be the play that puts things away. And they weren't ever to get it to that, or able to get to that, uh, that third score. Um, late in the, in the second half, I thought the offense could have done a better job to, to put it away. But despite all that, even though the defense were put in tough spots at times, they rose to the occasion every single time, man. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm really impressed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
they what I like is Bowman after the game. Chris Plank did the I think interview. I don't maybe it was down on the field as they were walking off the uh, after the win. But Bowman said something along the lines of we're in we're in a totally different mindset right now because as a defense we can tell it's starting to click. We can tell like what the things that we've been told, the things that we've been working on are starting to show up and we can see it now. And I think that's a really important statement because once everyone buys in for lack of a better term and starts to see like right now you pull up the NC2A statistics scoring defense University of Oklahoma's number two in the country you got Michigan you got Ohio State and Oklahoma tied you got Duke who's uh, hey, that's a story in itself then you got Penn State I it's it's a fairly small sample size, but it's a third of your season. Yeah, well, it's it's not a just a it, it's been a total mentality shift, I think, by this program. Because how many times in previous years do we say, you know, like when the offense is like when, when the entire program is generated by the offense and that offense scoring every drive and putting up silly numbers. There probably comes a point defensively where there's not the urgency to get the drive-in, drive-out stop. There's probably some, ah, uh, you know, what, whatever. Our offense is going right. to score 40 That's points. Right. Let's just hold them to under 40. And I just feel like that mentality is really out the door now, and we're starting to see it in low-scoring games like we saw on Saturday. They've got a little bit of pride about what's going yeah. on now. And that matters. They're going to feed off that. And people are going to say, and this is fine, uh, I mean, it's – I mean, to a point, there's some truth to it, but like whenever you look at everyone, it, it really holds no water. People are going to tell you, well, they ain't played no one yet. Okay, well, neither has Michigan. Michigan has played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, okay? And no one's talking about their defense being the number one defense in the country only because they haven't played anybody, okay? So... Like, you're going to get a lot of that right now. But I, I just I love the mentality. Are there things to work on? There is. But, man, and we've talked about this before, Tyler, The mistake, there's mistakes out there. There are. They're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the results on, on mistakes are okay. We, we had one get out. Either either we made a quick mistake on something or they hit us on a play because people are going to do that. There's no panic. We're right to the next snap. New set of downs. We're good. We're confident. We continue to roll. Uh, they gave up a handful of plays in this game to Cincinnati, but there was no panic. Continue nope. to, to make them snap it again. That's what good yeah. defensive teams and, do. And uh, on that point, KW the 918 just texted it uh, in as well, but I tweeted out yesterday. Like my, The single favorite play of Saturday for me is OU gets a stop on fourth and seven with four and a half minutes left. Well, it's negated by uh, an awful penalty, right? So well, mm-hmm. it's fourth and two. Feels like Cincinnati's got a little momentum. Boy, if they convert this fourth and two, they're on the plus side of the field already. 
They go down and score, and we got ourselves a football game here down the final four minutes. And I'm just still, even though I know the defense is better, and I know mm-hmm. the defense is a lot better, I'm still trained for adversity like that happening. Oh, God, I know what happens here. Not only are they going to pick up the fourth and two, it might even be a big play. No mm-hmm. way, man. Um, of course, 28 makes a play, stops him short, and that felt like that was the end of the game. That, that was my single favorite play of the game is responding on that fourth and two and stopping Emory Jones just short of the sticks. Yeah, which, by play. the way, I don't know. Oh, the setup in the booth for us, like the booth was fine. It was it was a really good view. Um, everything was great, except for like the replay monitor. It, just no chance for me to see it. It was like directly above my head, maybe 15 feet above where I was sitting. Uh, so I had no chance to see any of the reviews. I, I didn't see a replay on anything. And they said uh, Kendall Dolby lined up in the neutral zone, I guess, when he was out there, uh, you know, in coverage. Did they ever show it? Was it le- was that legit? They showed it, man. Um, I-, I watched the replay. I just I, I- questionable I at best. Well, yeah, and that was kind of the theme of the day, right? Like we yeah. joked about it all last week, especially on Friday. The text line was getting into it. You guys buying the conspiracy? Should we expect no calls? And like, I, I think the way that we approached it Friday was well, you know, whether you're a conspiracy theorist on this or not, you at least have to recognize. What happened last year, okay? And we'll be paying attention moving forward. I'm, I'm yeah. shocked about – like, still, I, like, I'm shocked. Maybe I shouldn't be shocked. But the amount of calls that were against OU um, was, was amazing on Saturday, dude. And some of them even after reviews. It's incredible. That, that pass interference in the end zone was like – On the third goal? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and that – what OU settles for a field goal – and what, what did that push it to 20-6 to six at the time? That's a huge right. difference, man. That's the difference in you being up two scores or three scores. That's a, potentially a huge moment in the game. We had, a, we had a pass interference call. I can't remember if it was the SMU game or what. We had a pass interference call made on us, against us, and the ball was – it wasn't even close to being catchable. I mean, it was like into the stands overthrown. And the call stood. And then in this game, they say that that ball wasn't catchable. The guy no that way. knocked the receiver down almost made the interception. Well, it he should have It didn't it. look catchable because it looked like bumper cars there in the end zone. That's why it didn't look uh, catchable, I guess. But that's, Unbelievable. that's just terrible, man. Now, talk me through the, again, never saw a replay of the, the catch by – the Henderson kid on their sideline. Well, look, all these guys have multiple reviews when they look at a play. I have whatever the, the, the TV crew essentially is showing, right? I saw the one angle or the first angle that they provided, and I was there with uh, a bunch of buddies watching the game, and Teddy was like, we see the first replay, and it's, oh, yeah, 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 that one's coming back. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that one's coming back. Uh, I, it just it, it was, it was yeah. obvious to me that – he comes down out of bounds. Now, it wasn't like half of his foot was out of bounds, but it looked very obvious that his, his toes hit, hit, hit the white there. I, it just, I, I don't know. Like, now, I thought live looked easy. Because it was right below us. Uh, I think Coach Stoops was in the booth with us, with us at the time. It was right below us. I thought, his, I thought a foot came down inbounds, like right before – the foot landed on the line, but I never, I never got to that see that other again. foot that you saw. It did not like that. That foot didn't get down first. Okay, okay. Well, 
Oh, well, um, guess what? So there's another thing. The defense had to overcome those moments as well and still well, play the hell that, of a game. That's what I was about to say. Well, guess what? Whenever you have a defense that's playing to the level that we are right now, there's a little bit of margin for error all of a sudden, right? Last year, we have no margin for error and can't overcome some poor plays. The offense is, is struggling, can't can't you know punch it in whenever they need to, a couple of turnovers, right? some stuff like that happens, and we have no ability to dig in and respond and stay competitive. Well, all of a sudden – you you don't let people in the end zone. Guess what? You can you can weather a couple of of bad calls or balls that don't bounce your way. I mean, a great point by the nine one eight. Andrew Anthony's long thirty five yard catch should have been a pi call as well. And maybe they do call it if he doesn't catch it, but right. you should you should still at least uh, throw the flag in that spot. So uh, before we hit a break, we got so many texts, and we'll do our best to get to uh, as many as we can today. But where are you at now with the conspiracy theory with the officials? First conference game of the year. It's our, it's our first look at it. Your Mark's in the building, all that. Your Mark, he wasn't just in the building. He was in the booth directly next to us uh, for the football game up in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I would like to say there's a huge conspiracy against us, and we're going to be fighting it all year. And as long as we know it and we can talk about it and we can be about it, then then maybe we'll push through it. But I still I can't even I can't even imagine how that mechanism would work. Hey, listen guys, let's uh let's screw Oklahoma and Texas on their way out of town. I how could you ever leave I don't know. a trail but like that? But when they're reviewing plays and still getting it wrong, it really makes you wonder, man. It, it, it like just blatant pass interferences that aren't called. I mean a lot of those weren't 50-50 calls. They were pretty easy calls to make. Right. And and whenever the official came out after that review, he was like, uh, uh, um, the call standing. And then <laughs> he fumbled his words and was stepping all over himself. Um, maybe he got threatened uh, up there by the replay booth. I don't know. All right. Quick timeout. Keep hitting the text line. 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. We're going to fire into those uh, texts next. Stay with us. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. It's a reaction Monday on The Rush. Tyler McComas. Teddy Lehman, and for the fourth consecutive week, we had over 400 guesses last Thursday and Friday uh, for the final score, what it was going to be, and the winner gets a ref hat, right? We talked about that last week. Yeah. I thought this was the week that our luck was going to run out. Someone was going to guess the score correctly. I looked this morning, fourth week in a row, over 400 guesses once again. We're 0 for 4 up to this point. Nice. No one guessed twenty to six, or really got all that close. Good because I don't know if people realize this, but that hat that we're giving away doesn't even really exist. <laughs> but keep guessing every single yeah, week, keep please. Guessing. Thursday, you'll have an opportunity to guess the OU Iowa State uh, score for a uh, free hat. Uh, okay, we talked about the good, and a lot mm-hmm. of the good is on the defensive side of the ball. 
it doesn't sound like you're overly concerned with the run game up to this point. Um, I don't know if you want to put that at a 10 scale, but a, another day where the, the run game just – I mean, it was there at times, at odd times. Like, you're backed up with a third and 19, and Marcus Major picks up a first down. Yeah. So it wasn't totally non-existent, but it wasn't to the level of where it needs to be. I think we can all agree to that. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that I think there's a couple of things at play. I think number one, our offensive line is still improving. I think we are. I I think considering the opponent. The offensive line played one of their better games. Um, I know the results aren't just huge numbers, and and maybe maybe there's maybe that's there's there's there should be more concern with me there, but I I think that how good Cincinnati's defensive line and front seven is was a really big factor there. Um. I think we'll continue to find what our offensive line is best at blocking and what our backs are best at running. I think we're still maybe in a little bit of uh, R&D on our run game, some re- research and development going on right now. And I get it. like things are Things are really ramping up in a hurry. As you head into conference play. It definitely feels like it's research and development. Um, If you play one week, it feels like you're not going to play the next. Yeah. Well, I know that that's like, that's the real controversy right now is what's going on with the running backs. I mean, I I don't think there's much reason to overthink it. You've got, you got two more veteran guys. You've got two younger guys. Um, I think that Marcus Major, purposely, they kept his workload really low through the non-conference. And I think the younger guys, I think Javante Barnes still is, I think, working his way back from his injury. Whatever the surgery he had, I don't know exactly what it was when he got hurt in spring ball. I think he's still working back from that. He just, he doesn't look as explosive in his cuts as he did a year ago. And with Salchuk, he spent the entire first year banged up. Yep. I don't know the, the extent of what, what it was with him, but it was hard to ever get him in the lineup. And he's just, you know, he got hurt again in training camp. So I just think there's, I think that's all there is really to it is, you know, you got some older guys that you're trusting to lean on a little bit right now. And, I don't think either one of the younger guys have shown up to this point that there's such a better option that they've got to play those guys. Uh, Trey on the Meyer Chevrolet text line says, it's sad that this football team can't get on the same page. Had a great offense with a horrible defense, and now our good defense is going to be wasted by a group of five quarterback. And uh, as you can imagine... Dylan Gabriel has been a hot topic since that game on Saturday. And yeah. in no way did, did I think he played elite on Saturday. The layups that we talked about all offseason, he missed a couple of those layups on Saturday. That that can't happen. Um, and I'm not trying to, to excuse the plays that he did miss. I'll just go back to the conversation that we were having. I, I do think that when you're grading Dylan Gabriel, you do at least have to factor in a bit. 
that he's had a run game, at least in the two best defenses that he's played, that's been kind of non-existent. Yeah. Well, okay. Dylan Gabriel, uh, I don't think he didn't play his best game. Agree. All right. And not playing his best game resulted in, what, 322 yards passing. 26 of 38, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, 26, 26 of 38, 38. Yeah, that was the final numbers. Now, he had, he, he had some mistakes. He, um, you know, the fumble on the running play whenever they were down in the red zone, um, you know, that was a costly turnover. The He threw that, that little swing route that was a lateral, was a, was a bad play. Uh, he threw one. Which, on a thank boot. God, that rolled out of bounds. That yeah. was the longest play of the day, by the way. Just staring at that thing, saying, "Please, oh, just I get know. out of bounds." Ugh. Uh, uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of urgency. It didn't feel like from anyone on the offense to to go like make sure that it wasn't a lateral. Um, you know, I, I I don't like that last text message you read is. A dramatic overreaction to what we saw from Dylan Gabriel on Saturday. It's okay. We've known for some time that we don't have Kyler Murray at quarterback or Baker Mayfield at quarterback. We've known that. You're you're still getting excellent play right now from the position. Uh, best in the country? No, it's not the best in the country. But I, I don't. I, I don't know. I guess I. I don't see the cause for the dramatic alarm that we're seeing right now. Uh, like I've said from the very beginning with this football team, they just have to continue to get better. It you you don't have to be in your best form in September. Which, by the way, we're still in September. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I get I get the frustration, but I, I don't know. I are you are you ready to put in? No, a freshman. No, now? I mean some I mean, might. I, I'm not there yet. I mean, he he still had some good. He had some some good throws on Saturday. It just it just goes, comes down. His performance Saturday comes down to what we talked about all off season long. He's he's got to hit the layups. And to his credit, up until Saturday, he had done a fantastic job. Of hitting the layups. I don't know if he, he had very many misses at all up to that point. He had a couple of misses there. That's got to be better moving forward because the layups that you get in two weeks, um, you got to be able to hit on those against a team like Texas. That's obvious, yeah. but that's, well, that's just kind of where I'm at with, with with Dylan Gabriel right now. He he should have hit that ball to Farouk. But I'll tell you right now, and I said it on the broadcast, like as soon as it happened, he he's got to be able to adjust, and whenever you've got a guy that wide open, you got to make the safe throw. But I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast or not. Farouk was exhausted and was running at about three quarter speed the entire route. And Gabriel put it out there, and he just he he couldn't accelerate at all. He started at three quarter speed. And could never turn the gas on. And after that play, he went straight to the sideline. So, I, I get it. You still got to be able to connect. 
but I will give him a, a, a this little bit of benefit of the doubt on that one. But still, you got to be able to hit it. He made some mistakes out there, but you're still getting high-level quarterback play. He's still up there tops in the country. His quarterback rating is, like, top three or four yeah. yards. And doing it, right again, without a dominant run game. Like, the, their, their ability to stretch the field without a dominant run game is, is really impressive, man. Yeah. Really impressive. Uh, Jimmy and Edmund says, we won Saturday. We would not have won that game last year. Defense is way better and getting better. Yes, DG missed layups. We left maybe 17 points on the field. My only worry is he can't do that playing against Texas and so on. All I will say, he is a good quarterback. Have to hit those with big games. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at, Jimmy, I think, on, on, on all of that. Yeah. Um, 918, yeah, he's horrible. Seriously, I really don't see how so many OU fans don't like Dylan Gabriel. And they listed that he's, what, uh, number two right now in uh, passing uh, completions? Uh, I don't – it's it's kind of hard whenever you look – like completion percentage, there's some guys ahead of him, but uh, guys that haven't thrown very many passes. Like Bo Nix is ahead and J.J. McCarthy for Michigan is ahead, but – I mean, like J.J. McCarthy, I, I read you the four teams that they've played. He's he's completing 80% of his passes, but he's also got eight touchdowns and three interceptions, which, you know, I think Dylan Gabriel is is performing well. Is he is he elite? I don't think he's elite, but you've got a defense that is creeping up on that. And, again, I'm going to be screaming this until I'm blue in the face. Oklahoma's formula of winning football games is not the same as whenever the quarterbacks you're wanting to compare him to were playing quarterback. You need to go back and compare his statistics to, like, Jason White's statistics. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, man, here's here's where I'm at with Dylan Gabriel at this point. With the defense and, and where they're at, like, what were most people's expectations going into the year? At least 10 wins, be in a Big 12 championship game. I was of the opinion that with what the conference looked like going into the year, you got to win at least 10 games, play in the Big 12 championship, and I think go win the thing as well. So we're a third of the way through the season. And when I look at Dylan Gabriel, is Dylan Gabriel good enough to help lead this team to 10 wins? Yeah, absolutely. Check on that. Is he good enough to get OU to a Big 12 championship game? Yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely true. Is he good enough to help this team win a Big 12 championship? I think the answer to all three of those questions, which goes back to preseason expectations of where most people were, I still think all of those are, are, are yeses across the board for me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that, and they don't have to win a Big 12 championship like they did in 2017 or 2018. I don't think that he'd be good enough to for OU to have to win a Big 12 championship that way, which is score 50-plus points every single week and not have any mistakes offensively. But coupled with the, the good wide receiver play and the defense that they have, is Dylan Gabriel good enough for this team to meet expectations? The answer, to, yeah, that's, that's a yes for me. And it's yeah. really not that, not that much of a question either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I think we're, in a, think we're in a really good spot. All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming. We'll, we'll continue to get to as many of those as we can. 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. Quick break here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. 
Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. The changing season is here, and if you're ready for a change, check out the 2023 Buick Envisions. Take up to 5,000. We're the team to beat! Well, it can't be a Monday without us trolling at least someone across the sport. Uh, It's Texas Tech for the third time this season as they go down on the road at West Virginia. That's just beautiful. Uh, I love it. Yeah, another troll job coming up at uh, 4 p.m. today. Should be fun. Uh, I mean, the text line is in a full fight right now. Um, Some saying Dylan Gabriel's good, others saying that he absolutely stinks. Not a whole lot of people are, like, right in the middle. Um, So, I... If we wanted to do a three-hour show today just on Dylan Gabriel, we could. I don't think that we necessarily want to because there's a lot more things that happen just than just that. But to read right. a few texts here, Joe in Tulsa says, to the texture Trey, who has a low football IQ, that commented <laughs> on Gabriel saying, we have a group of five transfer, only winning 20-6 to six, like he wasn't worthy at OU is an idiot. OU is averaging 50 a game. Also, Baker wasn't a five-star. He was a walk-on, so I guess he was – wasn't good enough for you either. Go buy an OSU hat. Remember how horrible Caleb was as a freshman after the Texas game? He threw for 115 yards against Iowa State. We don't want a freshman in there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I, I don't know. I, I understand where everyone's at, honestly. Um, I... There can there could be better quarterback play, but I just I'm not I I'm not panicking about where we're at with him right now. I'm just not. I I know that I know that people are, and I guess I understand to some extent, but I, there's no reason to to get all bent out of shape about it. You've got a really good season going. Right? You've got you got some really good things on the horizon. I'll, I'll just tell you right now. We're going to beat Iowa State. Ooh, okay. People are going to be unhappy with it because it's going to be a really low-scoring game. But we're going to beat Iowa State. We're going to go beat Texas. All right? We're, we're going to continue to play really good football we're going to be in a in a good spot to do everything that we need we wanted to do this season so i i know that everyone wants to have the best defense in the country the best quarterback in the country at the same time and i and maybe we'll get to that point but we're not going to be there this year we just i we just have to continue to improve week by week, and I think we've seen that. So Monday takes. So OU's beating Iowa State, then they're beating Texas, a 6-0 yeah. start to the year. How about that? Yeah. 2-1. And I feel, I, feel, I feel really confident in that. Well, I mean, we can get into Texas matchup uh, a little bit later on today, but they don't have a mobile quarterback like old Cincinnati has. No. So, and the way that OU has uh, – I think doing or you know how how they're performing against the run as well. Like yeah, I think oh you can absolutely play really well defensively against Texas. Uh, two yeah. one four. I don't think the question is is he good enough. It's more of a question of what this team's potential is, and he is is he holding that back? I think the answer to that is obviously yes. Well, I don't know how obvious it is. 
Um, is he is he holding the team back? Well, not right now. He's not. I mean, there may come a point where we play an opponent and we play as good as we can defensively. We play as good as we can on special teams. We run the mess out of the football, but quarterback, we just don't have the ability to make some of the elite throws needed to win the football game. That may happen at some point, but I don't see where that is currently on the upcoming schedule. Yeah. So, like, holding us back, I mean, not yet he's not holding us back. See, when I evaluate this team through four games and, like, the strengths and weaknesses or what I think could potentially hold this team back, uh, Dylan Gabriel not – I mean, he's got to make the layups. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's got to happen. But, like, I guess my biggest concern right now is if this run game is going to get going or not. That would, be, that would be a concern of mine a lot more than how the quarterback has played up to this point. Yeah. Well – I mean, there's there's plenty of things to be concerned with, and I know it's just natural to go directly to quarterback, and and I mean, there's there's good reason for that, but I I'm not there right now. I'm not there right now. I I still feel um, I feel like we're we're in a good spot right now as a football team. Oh, yeah. Um, but when they have a quarterback that's top two in completion percentage and a defense that's, what, top ten in a lot of statistical categories? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, again, like, they got to go prove it in two weeks. we talked about that for eight months now. But if they do, then I feel like most Mondays here so far, there's been uh, not overwhelmingly you know, negative text, but it's still a good amount of them. I think that stops two weeks from the day they go down to Dallas and win. Feel like that's the point everyone yeah. can look around and say, "All right, it may not be perfect, and this could potentially be an issue, but you're six and zero and in a really good spot." Right. Yeah i I like where we're at right now. Um, you know, we we we'll see. Like, we'll see what what develops, what problem areas develop, and where we get better. But I guess I don't see the reason to find something to fight about right now be happy well i, I mean i'm not going to tell people what to be happy with uh, they can figure that out on their on their own all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we'll wrap up hour number one here from newcastle casino next do you eat sleep and breathe sooner football we do too this is the ref home of sooner fans Cavens Group is bringing you the sour of the rush. Go check them out, CavensGroup.com. Let's go to Adam from Austin. Dude, we are winning games and have left a lot of meat on the bone. We will have a game where it all comes together, and I think it's coming in two weeks. Enjoy the ride, OU Nation. We have a special defense this year. The offense will get us enough to win. Still think we go into the Big 12 championship game undefeated. Well, Adam used the words there. uh, Where was it at? Special defense. And, like, the negatives that were there on Saturday for the defense actually kind of in a, in a way makes me even more excited or optimistic about the defense moving forward in that the numbers look like what they look like. 
and they were good, but they still left some plays out there. You know? Yeah. So it was like that was a good defensive day, but in no way am I thinking or am I to the point where I think that that's like that's the best that this defense can be. I I, I don't think that at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I know it's not the best this defense can be. How do I know that? Because it's gotten better every single week. The the mistakes and every defense is going to make mistakes. The mistakes are happening, and the results are yielding fewer and fewer yards and points. Whenever uh, a team completes a ball on us, it's been almost across-the-board catch-tackle, right? Um, the handful of runs that like – Cincinnati was, it was hitting us on that two-back stretch, and they hit us you know, a handful of times on it. Well, credit Cincinnati. They happen to to time those up and run those against, like, if you could hand-select the defense for us to be in and, and run that call, they got us in that a couple of times. And it, and it created, uh, you know, some yards for them. But, you know, we just we continue to, to bend, don't break. When we get in the red zone and, the, and it gets more and more difficult for the offense, we get better and better. Uh, if you look at the advanced metrics on our defense, the pressure on the quarterback and like sack rate continues to be low. But uh, you know, I've said this, I said it a bunch last week. It's because of the way people have to protect. It's it's six and seven man protections against our four man rush, pretty much nonstop. Yeah, no, so, no one looks comfortable back there, just right, sitting in the park. Right. And I've seen. So many years before where that's been the case, someone inexperienced or not having a great year just sits back there. They look comfortable. That's that's not the case this year at all. In in previous years, Emory Jones, and I'm not saying we lose that game. I, I'm just – Emory Jones is running all over the place, throwing the ball up to Xavier Henderson, and they would have had career days. Well, right? yeah, Well, and, and my point, too, is they can, they convert a third and 19 – they're, they're scoring on that drive, dude. That's how, It may be on the next play. Yeah, it's and just, even though this defense, again, it wasn't perfect at all times, they gave up some big plays, but and maybe more than anything with them, this is what I'm impressed with, is their ability to rally and still get off the field without surrendering any points. You know? Right. That's, that's, the, that's maybe the thing I'm the most impressed with with any aspect of this team. Because last year it was big play on offense. They, they were going to score. Not the right. case this year. Nope. I agree. Now, um, there there's areas of concern, for sure, and I know people are are dead set on the quarterback being the area for concern. I, I would land on the running game, and we can talk about that in the next hour. All right, quick timeout here from Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app, the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days like 